to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mass Podcast. As we get ready for uh, UFC 285 on March 4th, Bryant and I, his previous guest, you know, we're talking about doing kind of an MMA, like, companion type, you know, sit down and talk about, you know, stuff. So with John Jones coming back at UFC 285, we're like, why don't we do like the John Jones kind of breakdown show and like in preparation for, for his return. And I don't know if it's so much as, I mean, yeah, John Jones is a big focal point, but you know, the, the card is actually pretty fun. It's going to be a pretty decent card, but we're going to, and, and that's not the discount sir or gone either. You know, he, he's been out for a minute as well. So, you know, it's kind of a return for him. So Brian and I are going to, uh, chit chat and just make some noise about the fights coming up. And I talked to him about fights, and I'm like, God damn, like, <laughs> I love his breakdown. So I'm like, All right, let's do it. So, Brian, that was a long intro. How are you? And welcome back, man. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing fantastic. It's, a, it's an honor again, you know, to just like have like uh, people who appreciate the art and the sport to just come to a table and just talk about it and break this thing down. So uh, I'm very happy to be back on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, man, thank you. Like, I always appreciate anyone that, that makes the time to do this because, you know, again, like, I'm, I'm just a guy that likes to, like, to talk. So anyone that says, hey, you know, I'll make time to sit down and talk with you, I appreciate the hell out of it. And... um. I appreciate you being patient with my my internet issues here. Like everyone who's been listening, it's well aware now my internet's been trashed for the last month. So it, it's still busted, even after getting it fixed. So thank you for your patience and thank you everyone listening for your patience. So um with John Jones uh making this return at 285, I've been kind of on the John Jones marathon here at the house lately. Just watching through all his fights and watching his his progression, like just the evolution of his fight style and in cage abilities, and you know, just wondering with him moving up from two hundred five to you know heavyweights, you know, how does that translate over? But I like to you know get your thoughts on you know just kind of initially him moving up. You know, just how do you think that's going to factor into what he's been able to do before in, in Cage? So, I so John Jones naturally has a heavyweight build. You see the length, mm-hmm. you see you see his width. Like he's very very wide guy. I think the closest we ever saw to John Jones at heavyweight was when he fought Elvin Stinkproof, April of twenty sixteen amazing fight right but they, they obviously they did uh uh they did go the distance he won unanimous unanimous decision but that was the most weight we saw john jones put on as he was powerlifting and was still able to be athletic 
after that fight, he did say um, maybe he put on too much weight. He wasn't as fast, wasn't as ex- as explosive, but he still had a good like mind into the fight game. So I think uh, we could definitely expect that same build, but a different game plan going into the serial game. Fight. I'm sorry if I butchered the last name. It's like weird to <laughs> accent for me. But I yeah. definitely think we're going to see the same build, but a different game. The closest we did see was that that OSP fight, but uh, I think John Jones definitely matured for sure. Sure. Uh, I, I always feel like, you know, when we look at his physical attributes, I mean, the obvious thing is the reach. And, you know, when, when you hear other fighters talk about having fought him, the one thing that surprises everyone is his strength. Everyone's like, he's stronger than he looks. But I think what plays a lot into his transition to heavyweight and, and how he adjusts is his fight IQ. I think he has a really, really high fight IQ. Just going back and even watching him, you know, in, in his earlier fights, you know, in the UFC and, you know, leading up to the title. It was just, you know, he, you know, had the reach advantage. So, you know, he's able to keep fighters, you know, at a distance and keep them away from him. But also, he could take risk and, and, you know, without really any major danger to have to worry about because of his wrestling as well. It's like, you know, he could, you know, try to jump guard, you know, in a fight like he did with Shogun, you know, at the end of uh, the third round, you know, just for funsies, knowing that, okay, well, you know, I can wrestle off the ground too. So... Like we can do this, or you know, throwing flying knees like he did against um, um, Tiago Santos, and in that fight ended up being a lot closer than I think that he was comfortable with. But still, yeah. you know, him being able to you know have an understanding of his own body and then just you know the the cage in itself and taking those risks, I think his his ability to assess the fight and just, you know, understand what's going on, I think it's going to still play heavily going into heavyweights. Absolutely. Uh, I think uh, this fight coming with Serial is going to be a little bit different, only for the fact that if you look at John Jones' last few fights, right, um, what he does very well is he switches from orthodox to southpaw, only when backing up, though. When he's moving forward, he stays orthodox and he throws those snap kicks. Then when he switches to softball, he throws those high kicks a lot. Um, what I think is going to be a huge factor in this matchup is when backing up as a wrestler, especially someone like John Jones, when you are switching from orthodox to softball, you're creating an angle. You're never backing straight out, right? So the rule in wrestling mm-hmm. is if you take two steps back, you have to angle. John Jones is so used to this. So when he's orthodox, he's going to take two steps back, angle off to the left while going southpaw. Serial squares up when he goes straight, when he marches you down. That's going to be John Jones' opportunity to shoot that double leg. And I think that's going to be the game changer. Either he's going to have it in the back of Serial Game's mind, I'm going to shoot this double leg, and those hands are going to go low, and then he's going to come up top either with a high kick or a straight, 
right down the middle. Yeah, I, I definitely can see that uh, opportunity presented itself. I wonder, though, with him, if he'll try to – I wonder if he'll just keep it standing, un, like, unless he gets in danger, you know, because that, that's one thing that <clears throat> I've noticed in the later fights, at least, um, more so with Dominic Reyes, where, you know, that fight was, you know, it, it's arguable, you know, his win over there. But, you know, the third, fourth, and fifth round, he started going for takedowns because, you know, on the feet, it just wasn't – He it, it wasn't completely like he was getting dominated, but I think with Dominic being, you know, just as big as he is, it, you know, I, I think the stand-up game became a little bit more of a problem. So then he went uh, for the takedown. And I wonder with Sirogan if that would be kind of something similar where – he might, you know, try to stay on the feet, you know, and, and use his striking. But if he gets in trouble, yeah, there, there's a clear path for a takedown for him. And a, the one thing with Sirogan that, that keeps coming up is that he got out-wrestled by Francis, and Francis with a bad leg at that. So, you know, and Francis, who isn't traditionally a wrestler. So, you know, John definitely has the advantage there. He has, you know, the opportunity to get it to the ground. But I wonder if he, you know, John being John, if he's going to keep this fight, you know, just try to keep it standing. And, you know, they're like, look, you know, I can I can strike with this dude, too, because most fighters, you know, you're going to, you know, go to your bread and butter. But John, I think he likes to challenge himself. Well, I mean, absolutely. Like, like, like any fighter, if we can go down like the list, anyone who comes off of a contest, they realize this is my weakest point. I'm going to make my weak point my strongest, and I'm going to attack them head on. Because it's when you're going against the fighter that has something one up on you, it's not go against their weakness. You have to go against their strength. Because if you can take their strength away from them, they're only going to rely on their weakness. So just like you said, I do believe John Jones is going to strike with this man. Absolutely. And then when he takes the wheel out of stereo, what's striking with him? He's going to say, I'm going to take you down now because now this is my world. Granted, mm-hmm. I do think stereo has been working on his wrestling and his grappling because he got taken down. And I mean, Seeing two strikers take down each other, we all know it looks like two baby calves wrestling. It's horrible. <laughs> it's like it's god awful. And I was like rewatching the fight today again with Francis, and I'm like, oh god, like he really went Ashigarami and heel hook at this time and got himself swept. It, it's just not something I would have done, but you have to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's brushing up on his grappling. And John Jones, we all know, is brushing up on his strike. So no, I think he, he definitely is going to – he's going to keep it standing. And then when he chooses to, he will angle off and he will take him down. I doesn't say Fair that. Enough. I think Cyril won't win. He has a chance. They both fight very similar. Very, very similar. Cyril has more of a Taekwondo type of style to him. But that's neither here nor there. That's more into the later rounds. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I think later rounds is where this fight really takes its turn. And you'll see who's made of what at that point. Um, you know, early on, 
especially, you know, with John coming up to heavyweight and then Cyril, both of them, you know, being out of action for some time now. Um, you know, there's going to be that filling out process in the first round, just kind of, you know, finding your pace. And the second round, it kind of picks up. But I think once you get to those, you know, later rounds, third, third through fifth, I think that's what's going to really factor in. And that's, you know, either John's ability to get the fight to the ground if need be and, you know, Cyril's striking and, you know, who's going to impose their will in which direction on who. I mean, I, you know, the advantage I feel like goes to John just overall, but I think there's some bias there just haven't seen him fight in the UFC for so long. So it's almost kind of like you've seen what he's been able to do to people. You, 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 you're aware. And that's not to, you know, say Surogan, you know, is dead in the water. I mean, he's a legitimate threat. Um, it's just this, you know, the grappling, the ground game. And, you know, I'm sure he's been working on his, his um, you know, wrestling, his jiu-jitsu, everything, you know, you know, in an opportunity to fight off the ground. But I think, you know, if it ends up down there, you know, John has a clear advantage. But his, I think his advantage later on would be hopefully to try to keep it standing if if anything, but I mean we still gotta consider the reach that John has. Yeah. I mean both of them are six foot four. I mean um and it's it's wild to see someone that is the same height as John Jones. The serial gun has eighty one inch eighty one inch reach advantage and John Jones has an eighty four inch eighty four inch reach advantage. What's crazy about this is they both kind of fight the same where is when you get too close, they put their hands out. Mm-hmm. They both kind of like put their hands out to kind of frame. But John Jones keeps his rear hand close to his face as Serial does not. He puts his hands out, frames off, and then puts his hands down. If you notice mm-hmm. what John Jones does very well is in a closed distance, when you are hands down, he throws his high head and it's non-telegraph whatsoever. And Serial does the same thing as well. So it to me, it's going to be who throws it first and who lands the hardest. But I know if John Jones lands that head kick, he will definitely rock Serial for sure. Jones always has the hands up. If you look at all Serial's fights, his hands are always down when pulling out from a close distance. Mm. Yeah, I feel like, you know, now that you point that out, that'll be a big X factor. Uh, the head kick, I mean, and also keeping in mind, John loves throwing elbows you know, yes. from any angle. So, you know, he can frame off all he wants, but, you know, John can extend and, and you know, pop an elbow. And it's been, it's been seen, you know, just one of those from him changes the fight for, for many fighters, whether it be a gash, you know, along the hairline or whether it be just an outright, like, takes them out of the fight. He, he utilizes those elbows in a vicious way. So I think, you know, even off of that, that push-off that Cyril does, and also just dropping his hands, you, you figure someone would, you know, kind of make that a point to him, like, hey, man, you gotta, you gotta keep those hands up, dude. You, you can't yeah. just... It's, 
it's dangerous. So it, it's funny, right? Because uh, if you look at Serial when he fought Francis, when he fought Derek Lewis, Serial uh, throws the spinning back elbow. He threw it with Derek Lewis in the second and Francis in the third. John Jones does the same thing. So Serial, if if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, he's definitely taken some plays out of John Jones. The way he fights, very similar. His fight IQ, very similar. What what's very different, obviously, is John Jones obviously has the better wrestling, off the cage, head positioning wise. Serial, uh, his head positioning is like 50-50 ish. He only gets it off only because of the size. But what Serial's elbows, which makes it very different, is he throws that upward elbow like when he ducks and he throws it up like from back up the middle. The, okay. the one that um. Yair Rodriguez fought the Korean zombie. He yes. throws that a lot. So what John Jones does do is he does overextend when throwing the straight. So his chin is there. His chin does pass the knee line when he throws his straight. I think Serial might be throwing that elbow. He's looking for it. Because Jones protects his, his left cheek or his right cheek. But he never protects the bottom part of his chin. That's where I think it's going to land. So if it's going to be something tricky off elbows, I think that's the one that, that we're, we might see. And I, Cyril has to be looking to land that. And John Jones has to know, like, hey, man, this is kind of a hole in my game because he, he's thrown it a lot. I think also, you know, and this is just going back to the his, more, his last two fights with uh, Dominic Reyes and um, Thiago Santos, he took a lot of shots. Uh, he, he ate a few uppercuts, too. And one of the things that, you know, they were praising, you know, in a commentating booth was, you know, he's got a chin. Now, this, again, isn't to take anything away from, you know, the light heavyweight guys, the guys at 205, but it's like he's in there now with a dude who, I don't know what Cyril walks around at. Um, I don't know, like, it. it you know, like with Francis, he has to weigh in at 265 and then come, you know, fight time, he, he's probably two, you know, 75 to 280 or something like that. Um, I don't know if Cyril is, you know, closer to the to the limit or, you know, if he's in that, that mid-range too because, you know, a lot of the 205ers, yeah, they cut down to 205 to make the weight, but then they, you know, they bump back up, you know, some of them to about 215, 220, you know, um, and a few, you know, even hit like 230. So, um, you know, John being able to eat those shots at 205, you know, versus being able to eat those shots at heavyweight, you know, especially an elbow. If Syl throws, you know, that, that upward elbow, that, that could be a big factor. And also even the uppercuts, you know, you know, because John has been open to uppercuts in his last couple of fights. Um, not so much, um, uh, like in the, uh, what's it called? God damn it. I was just watching it. Um, but other fights prior, you know, it's like, he's always kept himself well protected and good head movement, but it's like, and I don't know, maybe the more recent fights are just kind of like he's bored, you know, maybe just fucking around now. So it could be that, but I, I don't think he has a lot of room to do that here at heavyweight. Oh, no, absolutely not. Also, you have to realize, like, John Jones coming up, right? He was a young fighter. He's very, you know, a stud, young gun. He's the evolution of a fighter. He is the once-in-a-lifetime type of ordeal. 
He is uh, the Muhammad Ali, if you may say, right, of our sure. era. Um, that We've had that so many times. We've had the George St. Pierre's, the Matt Hughes, the, Matt Hughes, the George St. Pierre's, the Anderson Silva. You know, it's constantly changing. So people are starting to close the gap right now. And Stereo is actually, like, right there. I remember when I first saw him fight, I'm like, man, this guy is a beast. I think what was his first fight in the UFC? I will say it was Rafael Pastel. He got stubbed with an arm triangle in the first. And then fast forward three fights later, he fights Junior Dos Santos and beats the shit. Excuse my language, beats the crap out of him. And like I didn't think he was gonna do anything to JDS. And then Jerizio Rosenthal. A stud of a kickboxer, and beat them at his game. I just think the evolution of a fighter is crazy because they're they're closing in on him. I just think John Jones is one step ahead. Though. I think he will finish on time, for sure. Pound for pound, go. I, I think this this move to heavyweight will be. I mean, obviously, the term, a big big determining factor. Um, just because. You know, again, like you said, you know, he was the evolution of the sport, especially at 205. Because prior to him coming to 205, the belt was just rotating from fighter to fighter. You know, everyone everyone had a turn with it. And then John Jones got a hold of it and it was like, nope, it's just going to stay here. I mean, you know, uh, Chuck Liddell had it. You know, Forrest Griffith had it. Rashad got it. You know, Machida got it. You know, Shogun. And once John got a hold of it, he held on. And the only, 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 person that was able to stop John was John himself. And he got stripped of the belt. Oh. You know, but him moving to heavyweight, I mean, like you said, you know, the, the gap is closing. You know, fighters are able to, you know, mimic him now. And fighters are are growing and, and you know, evolving in such a way. Just, I mean, uh, mixed martial arts, jiu-jitsu, combat sports, period are evolving in such fascinating ways because, you know, you got kids now coming into training strictly MMA and, you know, kind of that that's all they know. Whereas, you know, when you look back at the, you know, previous styles, there was a specialist. I mean, I think GSP, you know, was one of the, you know, few guys that came in and it was like, okay, you know, I could fight anywhere. You know, I could fight off the ground. I could fight on the feet. You know, Anderson primarily stays standing, but he, he's got submissions in there as well as being a black belt. And then, you know, you get the John Jones. And there are other fighters, but I'm, I'm talking about like straight championship level where it's like you're the champ and you can, you know, do many fascinating things and no one can, you know, catch up to what you're able to do. Um, I think now with John being, you know, much older and, and you know, going up in weight too, you know, will this be the fight? I mean, this is a hell of a fight, you know, to open up your heavyweight career at. But, you know, kudos to him for not saying, hey, I want a warm-up fight. He's like, look, I want to get in there and I want, you know, the best that you have to throw at me. And for him to come in and fight a fighter that's, you know, relatively similar to him, but also, you know, a dude who is, is no slouch. It's not even about being similar. It's like, He's also similar, and he's, you know, he's he's good. It's like you know, you have guys that are similar, 
but you know they're just a mirror image you know of the original product when you got someone that's going out there you know with a relative similarity to you and actually utilizing um that event you know those advantages and winning fights consistently you know it, it's going to be a good matchup to see just right out the gate uh i i definitely think uh the advantage that we will see with cereal will be his clinch game now mm-hmm. mind you clinch is very different from wrestling so but i i want to like reiterate that because everybody thinks like oh wrestling we're you know we're grabbing like over unders we're moving like no it's very different you have patooks you have trips you have the way you position your elbows in the clinch head position i think the clinch is going to be very different from um john jones is uh, from what i've seen he's not used to that high type of clinch but john jones does have an advantage we as we saw with glover Teixeira when he fought him john jones let glover get an underhook on and we saw mm-hmm. Jones utilize his overhook where he kind of wrenched that elbow. Uh, and he kind of twists the elbow. He, like, uh, gets an overhook yeah. and then, like, punches the hand to the sky, which kind of it, it wrenches the elbow and the shoulder. Uh, I mean, and if you are if you have a lazy underhook, you're going to get caught and your shoulder and elbow could get. And that's something that where Serial is going to have to worry about. But if he gets double unders on John Jones with good head positioning, if he fixes it, I think it's going to be a problem, especially landing knees and whatnot, because this is going to this is going to really like um, uh, dull out John Jones's ability to take him down. You can't shoot when somebody has double unders on you. Absolutely, I think also again the size is going to be a factor with with any kind of a clinch, because you know even with Glover, you know getting the double unders on him, you know John was still massively you know just towering over him. Um, so again, you know, he and Cyril get into that position of any sort, any kind of a clinch. I mean, it's kind of even to, you know, to the degree of like, you know, their mass, but then it comes down to your skill, your technique. And, you know, with, with the tie clinch, you know, Cyril obviously has that advantage. Um, I don't know that John, I, I think he, you know, you know, may try to work to nullify that a little bit, you know, like get in there, just toy with it a little bit and try to, you know, try to, you know, create some separation. Um, funny thing is, I got the Glover fight on in the background right now, um, <laughs> which that fight took place here in Baltimore. So, you know, just just something else special to that as well. I did not go, though. Um, but I, I think Cyril, you know, again, poses a, a huge threat. You know, as you, you bring up the tie clinch, you know, that just kind of really made me think, it's like, yeah, he gets that. And I think John's got, you know, again, you know, good enough, um, you know, cage awareness, you know, to, you know, keep himself from, you know, getting any, getting tripped or anything of that nature. But I don't think he's going to want to stick around in that clinch for too long because once those knees start getting into play, I think he'll, he'll realize, nah, I don't want, I don't want to be here. And then he'll probably try to turn around and, you know, do it himself. Yeah, for certain. And, um, uh... To clarify, like, I don't want anyone to, like, you know, be confused when I say tie clinch. So, tie clinch does not necessarily mean two hands on the head. Tie yeah. clinch, could, it could be, uh, two uh, again, two double unders where you're throwing wide knees in there. You're trying to trip and stuff like that because uh, I remember uh, 
when we first saw, I'm going to rewind it, it's kind of off topic, when you saw Anderson Silva Richmond, they were calling mm-hmm. the high plum, and then we all knew like two hands on the head, that's how Richmond got beat, because Anderson Silva was throwing those D's right at the middle. So like high points, I just want to clarify, like it's, it could be two double unders where he, what he uses, because that's what he does use a lot. He uses or he uses one under and then grabs the wrist a lot, and he stags his head to where the wrist side. He throws knees from there. So I think Syria does have a good chance, but I mean, if he could fix something, it would just be the head positioning on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, I think he's pretty solid when he gets there. Just like you said, like Jones ain't gonna want to stand there for too long. I think Jones like releases himself with elbows, pushes off like he frames normally, and then uh, he's gonna send one right down the middle. Yeah, I, I could see, um, you know, them getting engaged in that in that manner, and then, you know, it'll be uncomfortable. You know, John, you know, will likely try to disengage and get the hell out of there. But, you know, and it's more so just for reassessment. You know, he'll probably, you know, like I said, try to, you know, sort of insert his own dominance in that manner too. So, you know, there are those, you know, those factors because. You know, the one thing about John Jones that, that you can say, um, especially coming up and, and having seen, you know, just the footage of him working out and just, you know, seeing just seeing him in general, he's huge. So he he's going to definitely try to, you know, put that to his advantage, just trying to push it all around. So I'm not. And again, let me see here. I have, I have my laptop. I was trying to see what Sills, you know, kind of looking like weight wise. Because um, John, I think they're saying he was around 265 um, about a month ago. So who knows? Who knows what's going on there? Let's see here. So, yeah, maybe that's zero. At least uh, what I see here is around 247, 250 in that pocket. So, I mean, you know, and that's not to say, again, you know, that's a huge, huge factor because, I mean, uh, Randy Couture, you know, was running through the heavyweights for minutes. You know, he he was the smallest fella there. But Just to come back for Tim Sylvia, that was wild. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. They, they, and, and the thing is, I mean, even when he fought Brock, I mean, yeah, Brock ended up beating him, but he he was giving Brock, you know, a, a bit of trouble, you know, initially. So. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you know, the game since then has evolved. So much differently, and you know when you look at these two fighters, especially at heavyweight. I mean, it's safe to say you know that th- this might be the top of the mountain. And we still have Stipe out there as well. You know, Stipe said he wants the winner, so he, he should have had you know a fight a while ago. But he he wants he wants a title shot. He you know he beat Francis the first time. He lost the second time. You know, he, he really wanted that, that you know, trilogy fight. But I think he just wants to get in there, you know, and, and get his belt back. So, um, you know, whatever ends up happening from these two fighting, you know, Steve is still out there. I mean, from there, I mean, the heavyweight, it, heavyweight division looks a lot better than it's looked in the past, but it's still relatively shallow. Very much so. It's it's funny that you say that because uh, I was actually about to say, hey man, we still got Stephen, but 
and I, I don't mean to throw shade at Steve. I just don't think he's on their level. I really don't. I think his boxing's great. I just think he's very lackluster, very flat-footed. He throws a lot of Valium, but it's kind of like, eh. it's like a. I mean, I can kind of deal okay. with that. You know, and I don't mean to sound like a like a douche if if that makes any sense, but I don't think he hangs in the same realm as John Jones. Absolutely not. If you look at what John Jones did to DC, and mind you, that had to be DC's best training camps. Mm-hmm. And John Jones completely just picked him apart. I was actually just watching the fight before we got on, and I'm like, oh, my Lord. John Jones just had a field day with DC. Uh, of course, like the first, what, 40 seconds of the first round and their last meeting, he got his mouthpiece knocked out, but that was the most dominant position DC ever. I don't know. And look at the trouble that Stipe had with him. And you're talking about a smaller fighter. Mind you, we do understand that DC did compete at heavyweight, but he's not a natural heavyweight. He just went, he stayed there because he was comfortable. The guy said it himself, I do not like to cut weight. I like to eat. I want to be fat. Like, hey, dude, I don't, I, I ain't hating on that. I just don't think DC's on yeah. that same level. I think you put DC against Serio or John Jones, he gets starched any, any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, look. I agree with Steve. Uh, not Steve I, I agree with uh, DC. You know, I like to eat too. And let me tell you, if you give me the opportunity as a fighter, like, look, you can do really well up here at, at you know, heavyweights. All right. Then I'm going to do really well up at heavyweight. I mean, DC was, you know, in strike force, just running through everyone too. I mean, you know, dumping, you know, Josh Barnett on his head, you know, fucking, you know, I, he didn't. Because he won the Grand Prix. Yeah. I'm trying to, well, I think it got weird because maybe Overeem was supposed to be in the finals and over, something happened there. They didn't fight, but they were, I think they were set to be in the finals with each other, I believe. Um, so because Overeem couldn't, you know, do it, you know, by default, I believe DC got I believe that's correct. I, I may be completely wrong because sometimes I make shit up. Um, I read a lot of comic books. But... Like DC, a heavyweight, you know, being able to do what he did as well was impressive. I mean, and with Stipe, you know, having the trouble that he had with DC there. And I agree with you. I don't think that Stipe is on the level of uh, Cyril Gon nor John Jones. I mean, hell, even at this point, you know, Francis and Gano now. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like, as I look at the rankings, I mean, Cyril Gon's number one, Stipe's number two, Sergey uh, Pavlovich, Pavlovich, God damn, I can't talk, is number three, Curtis Blades at four, tied to Avaso is number five. I mean, when you look at that, it's like, they're all fun fighters to watch. Well, Sergey, I yeah, think, sure. is he injured now, I think? I feel like he had gotten hurt, but, uh, but I mean, you know, he, he's a, an, an X factor in all of this as well. But, you know, once you go down to Curtis Blaze, and again, it's not to, you know, say these guys aren't good fighters. They are, but there are le- levels to all of this. And, you know, you look at Cyril Gagne, you look at John Jones, you look at um, Francis Ngannou, you know, there's a clear, you know, step there. And then you get to Stipe, and even with Stipe, there's a clear step. Because after him, it's like, well, I don't think a lot of these other guys are really fucking with Stipe either. And then after that, it's just kind of a, 
shuffle. I mean, I mean, you can call a spade a spade when it comes to me saying this, but I may shoot myself in the foot. But I think what DC did when he went through his heavyweight title, he pulled a Randy Couture. He said that this <laughs> heavyweight picture is very flat-footed. This is my time to capitalize. That's what I think he did. And then he did it for as long as he could. And then, I mean, like, and then, hey, Father Time waits for no man. I think it was time to punch the clock out. I think DC went in there, chose the right time, went for his run, got the heavyweight title, and then that was it. He, he pulled the Randy Couture for sure. And then he met his match. And unfortunately, it was Steve. And I, I mean, I like Steve a lot. But I don't know. I just yeah. think it was Father Time that beat DC. I agree. I mean, and then part of why in the UFC, you know, he, he was hanging around at light heavyweight is because, you know, his teammate, King Velasquez, was at heavyweight. So, you know, you definitely don't want to, you know, clash there and causing friction um, within. So it's like, well, look, I can make the 205, obviously. So I'll go down there. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, once the coast was clear, it's like, okay, well, fine. Fuck it. I'll go up. And then. You know, again, the point was proven. It's like, yeah, this this division is kind of, you know, flat. You know, you, you know, because I, I guess that was always kind of the talks with the UFC heavyweight division. And then at one point, people would always ask, like, what about, you know, super heavyweight? And I think Dana oh, even came out and said, no, we don't want freak shows. Because, like, how many of those fights are you going to really get? You know? No. So. Not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, but the heavyweight division was almost kind of teetering on that. I mean, again, when you go back, you had guys like Tim Sylvia, um, Heath Heron. And again, not saying these guys weren't, you know, like they, they were knockout artists, you know, if anything. You know, they're out there just banging. You know, then you get Frank Mir coming, coming into the game and, you know, beating everybody with a different submission each time out. So, you know. That's where you get to see the heavyweight division kind of get a new shift. And then he got injured and, you know, you know, he was out of commission for a while. So then we went, we went back to business as usual. And that's where Randy Couture came in and was like, well, fuck it. I can come in here and dance because I like these guys might be bigger than me, but I'm more skilled. You know, I'm smarter than them. Yeah. And, you know, then, and then from that point, we got the, you know, the Brock Lesnar era and, you know, heavyweight was a little interesting because you have Brock um, and Heath Heron, Brock and Randy Couture. Uh, well, you know, he had the first fight with, with Frank Mirror to debut and he lost there. But then he had the rematch with Rain, uh, uh, Frank Mirror, then Shane Carwin. You know, so it was like, okay, it's interesting. And at the same time, you know, you got Junior Dos Santos coming into it now. And you've got uh, King Velasquez showing up now. So, you know, you, you've got heavyweights like populating that division where it looks like, oh, this is going to be fascinating, but yeah. for how long? It's, it's just so cool to see now that we are going to see fireworks, finally, skill set instead of power. That's mm -hmm. the most exciting that we're about to see right now. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. Francis, obviously, like he has a skill set and whatnot. But you're going to see a John Jones fully motivated at full muscle capacity. This guy just went into the hyperbolic time chamber for years, and he is about to come out like Trunks did when he fought Cell. Like, he is going to come yeah. out like a monster. 
and I'm very excited. I'm not going to say like Gohan yet because we don't know if he reaches full potential. So I'm going to say like Trunks when he fought Cell. And he's going to be like, holy fuck. I think we're going to be very surprised. But are we going to see a John Jones that is too slow? Or are we going to see a John Jones that is big and fast at the same time? That is the key thing. I think that's terrifying. If John Jones, um, you know, bolts up and now he can get some of that speed back, I think that is absolutely terrifying for that division. But it's fun because, like you said, we're going to get to see skilled fighters. And even if even if Cyril Gaon, you know, wins his fight, which you know, again, let's not count him out. You know, he he's legit. If he wins, I mean, again, we've got a champion with skill. You know, and and. Stipe, I mean, again, he, he's the next tear down. Stipe isn't just a guy who's trying to run people over with, like, muscle and, and, and brute, you know, you know, force. So you do have the, this run right now where we can have fighters. And I, don't, I, I think Stipe, I mean, who knows how, how much longer he's looking to stay in. But if he sticks around and then you got Sergan in there still and you got Sergey, um, you know, and then John Jones, you got four fighters that are highly skilled, um, you know, with, without just trying to be like powerhouses and trying to just muscle their way through everything. So it, it's fascinating to see that, you know, this is what we could have, you know, over the next couple of years. But then after this, like, who is going to challenge John Jones? That's the biggest question. Ah, I mean, I think, you know, you know, again, Stipe, he wants that shot, so let him have it. I don't think that it's going to even be – I don't even think it's going to be, you know, close. I think Sergey uh, – yeah, we'll just stick with Sergey. I think Sergey uh, would be a, a decent decent challenge to John. Um, let me see for sure because, like I said, I think he – I feel like he got injured, I thought. And, you know, with that being the case, if that is the case – you know, who knows when, when, you know, he returns, but I think he would be a, a fun challenge, you know, for either fighter, to be quite honest. So maybe he's not injured. He fought in December. So I might just be dumb. Then who the fuck got injured? I don't know. So he's out there lurking somewhere. He beat Taito, uh, Tuavasa, uh, via KO. So. Yeah, so he's out there too. So honestly, I think if if anything, I mean, he he's lurking in the wings right now too. So my apologies for saying the man is injured. So anybody out there screaming, listening to the podcast, he's not fucking injured. Like, sorry, <laughs> I, I, like I said, I'm making shit up. They're like, what are we even talking about? That, dude, that's the case in most any podcast that I do, whether it's the horror podcast or Kalamfin reviewing beers, people probably listen like, what the fuck is this guy talking? I was like, like I don't know. I look, I have a microphone and a laptop and I just talk. So it sometimes yeah, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Like let us have fun. Like 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 if, if this were nineteen ninety two, you know, there's no internet, there's no Google, there's just two motherfuckers just talking. And shit is truly gonna be wrong. Like when people talk about the whole Richard Gere gerbil story. Uh, is it true or not? We don't know, but we're going to keep saying it's true. Same thing with like Sergey uh, being injured. Is he injured? Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to keep saying he's injured when he's truly not. 
but I think he's someone that's, you know, that, that would be a, uh, a solid challenge for um, either Jones or um, Cyril Gaon. So it, it's just, it, it's weird because whoever wins, I know, again, Stipe wants that, that match. And I don't know what, what's going on with his relationship with um, the UFC and, and Dana White right now. Because it always seems like there's some static there. And it's like, you know, it always feels like Dana's kind of, you know, blacklisting them. So I'm not sure. Yeah. But e- either way, you know, between these two fighters after the win for either one, you know, sure, throw Stipe in there. Uh, let it be what it is. And Sergey, you know, you know, those are the next two fights for anyone. Sergey's a fucking scary dude. Excuse my language mm-hmm. again. I'm so sorry. I do not mean to curse on this. I don't know if that is allowed. Uh, trust me. It, 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 it feels weird if you don't. So, okay, cool. so it's encouraged. If, if, you, if you know bad words, save them. Because I, 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 feel, I feel uncomfortable when I'm the only one cussing. Well, I feel like... Uh, now, when you say when you know, if you know bad words, save them. I don't know if you ever watched uh, Clark or like Jane Silent Bob. Yes. He's like, mother, mother, fuck, mother, mother, fuck. Like that whole song. Yep. I love that song. I love, I, I sing that song when like I'm at work or, or something. Like if it's like the most serious setting, I start singing. Just because I'd like to break the tension. All right, cool. I just, you I, have as long to as I'm not disrespecting you on your uh, disrespecting the podcast, I perfectly fine. No, you're good. I mean, as I said, I feel weird when people aren't cussing, you know, because I do it a lot, you know. Every opportunity I have to cuss, I will, except for, you know, like kid field trips. I don't do, I don't cuss there because I don't want to be the one to blame for someone else's kid learning how to cuss somebody out. So. <laughs> awesome. Also, uh, I I do have to add, right? So I had my notebook with all of my notes prior to you. I lost my notebook. And I'm like, shit, mm-hmm. I need to like do more notes. So prior to coming to the, on the podcast, I went out to like the restaurant by my house and uh, at the bar and I just, I can you see me on video? I had to take all these notes. <laughs> I started watching fights and just started taking notes. notes, notes. And the bartender uh-huh. was like, hey, Brian, you all right? I was like, dude, I need a pen and paper, man. Like, I, was like, I, I was like, I forgot my notebook. I forgot my pen. He just pulled out his pen and pad and he goes, here you go. Name's Daniel Tully. I think he's gonna be listening to this as well. He's like, I want to, I want, I want to listen to it. So I have to give him nice. a shout out on that. He hooked me. Up. Like, so I, I was you know, always always look out for who looks out for you. So I got you. I hear you. So like, uh, yeah, as you know, the fight gets closer, and you know, we're starting to get an understanding of at least, um, you know, where the, you know, what can be. The potential afterwards. Now, let's say this fight is close. You know, okay. like you know, we, we get a split decision at the end. You know, do you think they're going to do a um like an immediate rematch and you know again leaving leaving Stipe out in the cold again, or you think Dana just says, you know what, fuck it, let's move on? I think if John Jones wins this fight, they're going to move forward. If Stereo wins mm-hmm. this fight, they're going to do a rematch because they have to give John's. They have to give Jones the rematch. They have to give the face the rematch. They have to. Um, when you talk about 
the pound-for-pound greatest of all time to ever step foot in an octagon. It is unfair to say it is not John Jones. Right? Uh, So, I definitely think if Jones wins, they're going to move past Serial by split. Let's say that. But if Serial wins, they're going to give the rematch. Have to. Hands down. I think so, too. I think if... um... You know, whatever the case, you know, the the deck is in John's favor right now. Um, I mean, he's the name right now. He's the moneymaker. If he wins, they're like, look, let's, let's, you know, you know, build on this ship. If he loses, it's like, eh, you know what? Especially if it's close. If this is a close fight, um, I think they definitely rematch. Now, if John goes out there and gets starched in the first round, I don't know. I, I, oh. I don't know if they can get it. get start, is what you're saying? Yeah, like first round. I see John Jones retired. What else is there left uh, to prove? Yeah, I mean, you know, because at this point, it's like, okay, let's say he goes out there and Cyril catches him two minutes in, stops the fight. Cyril's the champion. Then we move on to Steve Day. You know, they may offer John Curtis Blades, they may offer Sergey to him. You know, it's like, you know, does John take that fight and say, you know what, I want to get that rematch back? Or does John say, fuck this? Like, these dudes hit hard. I mean, I think it's 50-50. Um, the competitive side of them may say, oh, man, fuck it. Let's, let's, let's go. I, I want to prove myself. But at the end of the day, he's already accomplished so much. I think yeah. he's going to be like, hey, man, I just wanted to make one last run. Maybe the game caught up to me. I think it's time to hang it up. Yeah. Again, I mean, so, uh, I, I could be, but I, I could be putting my foot in my mouth. I, I don't know. It's so hard to say for certain because I don't want to put a stamp on it because I'm gonna look very stupid if it doesn't if it doesn't really go that way. But I don't know. I think if he loses, I think he might retire though. That's my opinion. I mean, I don't think it's out of the question. I'd like to think that he would stick around and try to get a couple more fights because I think he, he signed a new contract, you know, once all this was kind of set in place and it had, you know, a lot of fights on it. So, got a rematch clause, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, see, I didn't know that. Um, well, I'm not shocked. But, you know, I would imagine that, you know, he sticks around for at least two more fights. You know, it, you know if he wins those and then you keep going, if, if he goes out and loses the next one, which I just can't see that being the case because it's not like, you know, this dude goes up to heavyweight and it's a whole new world to him. I mean, he already walks around as a heavyweight, number one. But number two, I mean, the dude is still a good fighter. You know, it's not like, I mean, you know, a lot of the fighters in the UFC, you know, especially uh, champions, former champions, have shown that. It's like you got Jose Aldo, you know, he went down to 135 and was still, you know, relevant. You know, you, you had, um, you know, GSP coming in, you know, to 185, you know, winning the belt. You know, it, it's like a good fighter is a good fighter, you know, no matter the weight class. I mean, hell, we just had Vulcan announced, oh, yes. you know, go up to 155. And I have not seen the fight just yet. That That was a night that I had other plans and I was like, 
uh, and, and UFC is, is breaking my balls with the pay-per-views because I don't know if people know this about me, but I'm a fair person. I'm not, I'm not going to go and um, pirate the, the, the show, you know, anywhere. Now, if somebody else pirates it, I will go watch it, but <laughs> I won't be the one responsible for doing it. Um, but the whole thing is, you know, you had him go up, you know, and, and it was still, I mean, a, a fight that could have gone either way, it sounds like. So, I mean, like, with John Jones going up to heavyweight, you know, I don't think it's like, oh, he magically, like, loses his ability and just starts getting knocked out by everybody. So, oh, yeah, I agree. I, I think, I'd like to think that if he loses his fight, he, he sticks around and takes, you know, you know, two, three more fights and, you know, because, I mean, he does have, you know, that, that, you know, pound for pound, pound for pound, you know, you know, number one, you know, hanging over his head, you know, stepping away from the game. You know, he obviously, you know, fell out of that spot, but he comes back in and wins the heavyweight title. You know, it's hard to say this dude doesn't belong, you know, at one or two. Very true. Now, where are you watching um, the fight? I so I talked to my wife about it because <laughs> which one did we just we, we didn't get the last one. Um, what did we get the January card? Can't remember. But after ordering a card, my wife was like, "Hey, so that 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 was a uh, like what you doing? <laughs> why why are you paying so much for a fight?" And I was like, "I mean, come on, dude. Like, I you know." So we talked about this card, and I told her, I was like, look, it's John Jones coming back. Valentina Shevchenko is on the card as well. These are two fighters that I love to watch. It's probably going to be ordered here, and we're probably going to watch it at the house. But then that puts the, the next card in jeopardy because there are two cards in March, and it's a pain in the ass because, you know, I want to see that Usman – uh, Edwards rematch, but I like to see Valentina fight, and I like Alexa Alexa Grasso, and I want to see John Jones versus Cyril Gaon. So, you know, more than likely we're gonna order the fight, watch it here, probably have a couple neighbors over. But nice. you know, like I don't see any scenario where I'm not seeing this fight. If I don't order the fight myself, I'm gonna go to Buffalo Wild Wings, and as much as I hate it. I, you know, you sit around a bunch of guys saying, stand them up. It's like, Jesus just Christ. get off your pussies. That's usually what they say. <laughs> just get up. <laughs> yeah, like, I would just stand up. I did, that's why I couldn't be a cage fighter, man, because I would just see red. And then, then I'd, get, I'd go to jail because I killed some. Like, no, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, modern times I've heard that. Yeah, I just started ignoring it now. It used to be, I remember sitting at a friend's house when, uh, he, uh, Fox. They they're putting the fights on Fox at this point. We're playing poker. I'm not good at poker, so I was obviously the first one out. So I sat on the side and I'm watching the fights. And one of the guys who's still in the game, he likes to talk a lot of shit about everything. And this might have been his first time watching MMA. I don't know. I I, I want to believe it's not, but possibly. But he's like, oh, all they're gonna do now is just hug now, man. I would just get up. I, I, I wouldn't just, like, you couldn't just do that to me. And when I said to him, I was like, I mean, there's a backyard right here. Like, I could go show it to you. Because I'm, at this point, I was about a year into training. So I was like, at the very least, I know I could, like, 
you know, fucking hold them down and oh, yeah, show them like sure. this some shit. Yeah, you know, like there was a kind of a combination of like stupidity, but I at least knew what I was able to do versus being like three months in and being stupid and not knowing what to do. But um, you know, just kind of conversations like that used to frustrate me. Now I I hear people say shit, and I'm just like, okay, like that's that's cool. Um, it, every once in a while, I might chime in with like, you know, somebody talks about jujitsu not working or jujitsu being dumb, and it's like, I mean, I guess, you know, when's the last time you've been in a, a fight? Oh, yeah. like three years. All right, then shut up. So. Yeah. Uh- funny and i don't mean to veer off the the jones topic but i was actually at the gym the other day and um <laughs> i saw this dude he was wearing a henzo gracie shirt and i was like cool like i, I saw the patch maybe i was like oh my god there's another jits guy here and i made eye contact with him he made eye contact with me very very tall dude probably about probably like five ten i'm only five five so very tall for me <laughs> not, all right um uh, i'm height handicapped so i'm gonna say that right now <laughs> Yeah, he's still taller than me, so we'd be looking up to him. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever. He's like giving me like the hardest look, and I'm like texting my wife. I'm like, yo, this, this guy's wearing a Henzo shirt. He's giving me like a hard look. Like, uh, I don't know. He sees my part. I have my jujitsu shirt on. He's like, he sees my patch. He's probably like, yo, fuck this guy. So then like he moves to the station next to me, and we're both lifting. And then he like points at the window, like at me and my reflection. And he he like pick he like touches his shirt, and I take my ear pods out, and he's like, "Hey, you do jujitsu?" I'm like, "Yeah, super nice kid." And I'm like, "Oh my god, this is so dope." He goes, "Nice to meet another jujitsu guy." Blah, blah blah. He's like, "I'm a year and a half into training. I'm getting my blue belt." I was like, "Oh, it's cool." Mind you, I didn't tell him like I I was not gonna be like, "Oh, off the bat, I'm a black belt." Like, I've never said that. I was like, "Oh, it's so yeah. cool, man." I was like, "The journey's so great." He's like, how long have you been training? I'm like, oh, about 14 years. He's like, oh, shit. He's like, what belt are you? I'm like, oh, I'm a black belt. He's like, oh, my God. He's like, it's so crazy. He's like, it's like uh, you're more likely to meet a, a brain surgeon than you are a black belt, like, randomly. I guess so. Like, yeah, man, like, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, he was a very cool cat. So, um, I don't know, very random. But it, it was cool, like, to, like, see that it wasn't there was no macho part about it it wasn't like him being disrespectful near him it was just nice to like meet a just guy and like no one was talking shit it was like he was bigger than me gave me my respect i gave him his respect took hands and we were on our way that's good that i i've never encountered anyone out in public that does jujitsu in a negative fashion i rarely encounter anyone that i don't train with out in public to be honest um I went out to brunch with a friend last summer and uh, like we hadn't seen each other in years, she and I. And it was just like, that was always our thing. We go out and you know, we go um, down to Bell's Point in, in Baltimore and just like kind of do like a mini bar hop, you know, for brunch. Um, and we're sitting in a bar and I had on a BJJ Wiki shirt and I didn't realize it. You know, I just put shit on sometimes and just walk out. Like my wife always says, like, please don't tell anyone. Like, you, like you, you look like a child that just dressed himself at like age five. <laughs> it's like, it's like sweatpants with like bleach stains on them, like a jujitsu shirt and just flip flops. Like, you know, I'm trying to keep it simple. Um, but I'm sitting there at the bar, and you know, my buddy and I, she, she you know. 
she's catching me up on just everything that's been going on. And then the bartender comes over and I couldn't hear him. I, uh, he said, he asked, like, hey, you trained. Uh, but I didn't catch that at first. And I was like, I'm sorry. And he points to my shirt. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like he, he hadn't trained in a while. Um, just he, he moved. Uh, he left town, came back. And now he's trying to get settled back in, trying to get reestablished just in life. But, you know, I, I think he was a purple belt, I believe. Uh, he was a purple belt. Um, but just a really, really fucking good conversation. Nice guy. It, it sucked because he's at work, so he couldn't really sit and talk. Yeah. But it was still really cool. And I was like, wow. Like, you know, I looked at my, my friend. And I was like, yo, that like that, that was so cool. She was, I, I, I tried to get her to step on the mat. She's like, no, I hate feet. I was like, okay, well, you won't be a, you won't be a leg locker. Like, it's all right. Like, get on the mats. But, um, but yeah, every encounter I've ever had with anyone that's trained, I think maybe two, he's one, um, has always been positive. And then there's a guy that we used to play poker with many years ago. I'm certain that he, he trains, but he was training way before any of this, like, was, like, where it's at now okay and we, we used to work at a, a pizza spot together and I, I remember i was heavy into ufc even back then and i remember talking about um brock lesnar and i wasn't necessarily a brock lesnar like you know support i wasn't like yeah he's, he's the best fighter ever no you know i was like but he was fascinated because he was so big and it's like he, he was big and it was just like you see this this monster of a dude um with with skill so um and the guy comes over to me he goes you know not you know all the best fighters are in the ufc and at this point i wasn't extremely familiar with pride just yet but i knew of it and i was like i know i know there are other organizations out there so you know we kind of go from that and you know as i think that's without you know it's kind of my first small clue that he might train or at least he's into MMA. Yeah. And then um I remember seeing pictures on his his uh MySpace and he was in a gi and had an orange belt on. So you know and I think back to that I'm like, huh, okay, I think the dude did train. And then there was a night he and I got into an altercation. And I look back on it now and I tell my one buddy, it's like I'm glad nothing broke out in that matter, you know, in, in that fashion, because if he was training and I was just Dante back then, you know, he might have folded me up and threw me off the balcony. But you know, my buddy's like, no, you weren't enough. Like, you could take him. I was like, mm, I mean, you're underestimating the power of jiu-jitsu, dude. And, and that's, that's something you don't want to do. I'm not saying jiu-jitsu is like a superpower that, you know, you can beat everybody with. But I mean, if you know it and the other person doesn't and doesn't know anything, like you're in a better position, you know, than not. Yeah. It's crazy to think what the person who's untrained, who, what they think they can do as opposed to what they can actually do to somebody who actually trained. Oh, yeah. I mean, like me at this point now, you know, my feeling is this. When it comes, uh, first off, I'm old. Like I'm older anyway, 
So I don't want to fight nobody. Like I have no desire to get into any kind of physical altercation with anyone whatsoever. It's just, it's, it's, the comparison that you used uh, the last time you're on, I now that I take that to the bank with me now that is like, you know, like when you're saying, like, you know, if you got a bricklayer, he's in the bar and somebody says, hey, I can lay bricks, you know, better than you. You know, a bricklayer <laughs> like, I've been doing that shit all day. I don't want to, like, prove myself. I don't want to, like, okay, you can. That's, like, I think about that now. I'm like, that is a fucking valid point. Um, I, I, but, I'm like, remember that. no, <laughs> see, like, I'm pretty sure I've quoted it to two or three other people now. Just, like, like first off, off of the episode, I told somebody about the quote directly from the episode. But then I think I said it to someone else, like you know, just kind of like a, you know, here's, you know, here's a piece of uh, wisdom on this. And it wasn't jujitsu related. It was connected to something else, um, but it wasn't jujitsu related. But I use that comparison still because it is universal. But um, I mean, at this point, it's like when I think about, you know, what we're able to do like violence period you know you don't want to fight because people can get fucking hurt seriously and it, it, it's for no reason i mean the only way i'm going to like get into any kind of a scrap with somebody is if you know i'm physically in danger or my family's physically in danger you know and i, I have to physically get involved but other than that I, I'm I'm much happier just trying to talk it down. Um, if I can't talk it down, I'm going to remove myself from the situation. If you don't allow me to remove myself from the situation, then you know we'll see where it goes. But hopefully, you know we can be mature about it. I agree with you. I completely agree. Same way. I got nothing to prove, man. <laughs> like oh. shit. I got my battle scars. I don't yep. care. I don't care if you think you can beat me up. Cool, man. If you think you could, I absolutely keep thinking that. I'm going to walk away yeah. and get my ass That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you can think what you want to think. If you, like, your thoughts aren't affecting my day. If you say, hey, I can beat your ass, you probably can. I don't know. You might be able to. Like, I'll tell you this much. Like, we're not going to test it. Like, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to prove nothing. At least, like all I want to do. That's why I don't like going to the bar. You know, like, and I, I don't run into issues at the bars most of the time. I'm like quiet in the corner, you know, drinking my my Miller Lite, and and you know, just people watching. But I'm, it's always in my ear, like thinking, like, man, you know, some shit could happen. And my buddy's like, when I go to the bar, I'm only worried about the people I'm with, and it's like, so am I. But I'm also worried about the people that could fuck with you because, you know, you're a little belligerent sometimes. And my concern is getting you <laughs> drunk motherfuckers out of here. Like, my concern oh. isn't like, oh, i got to fight somebody. My concern is I need to shut you the fuck up so we can say, come on, dude, it's time to go. So, I don't know. But I love, I love everyone. You know, I just want us to all be cool. Damn, I definitely got to visit you. We got to go out to a bar because we know damn well we ain't getting into no fight. We're just going to hang out. I drink my pints oh, for sure. That's pretty much. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. Just drink some pints. And that's it. Hang out. I ain't trying to fight no one. That, that, exactly. It's like, look, we just sit down. You know, get, get uh, hey, you get a picture. As a matter of fact, bring two. Sit down, just drink, <laughs> laugh, have a good time, enjoy the atmosphere. You know, 
in like I said, I, I've run into very few situations where I feel like, you know, there's going to be a physical altercation. And I think, you know, in a lot of cases, though, you know, your own demeanor, you know, really kind of, you know, uh, builds off of that, though, because it's like, I know for me, I'm a very carefree guy. I go out and I love to think that that's that can be seen with me when I'm out and about. People see I'm laughing. I'm having a good time. You know, I might have like kind of a stone face sometimes. But, you know, if I see something funny, you're going to see me laugh. You're going to see a smile. You know, if you if you engage me, I'm going to be approachable. I'm very, you know, like, hey, you know, come on over, have a seat. So I like to yeah. think that people can see that just with anyone. And that's why there's no problems. I like I like it. So if we ever watch the, I mean, if you if you decide to go to the bar, if you do not have it at your house, I mean, hopefully, granted, no one messes you while you're watching that John Jones. Yeah, I mean, it's like the plan right now is I'm probably gonna watch it at my home just because I know, like, what what card was it? There was, and there was a card. I want to say. Last, I, I don't even know. Um, but it was a car that Gaethje fought Michael Chandler on, and my neighbors and I were down here just because that was the opening fight on the card, and we were just out our seats screaming, was like, "Holy shit!" Then the next fight, I think, was Sean O'Malley versus uh, like a dude who stepped in on like ten days' notice. It was like, "Oh my god, that that dude's maybe." Yeah, I don't know if it was that card. It, it, I feel like it was, but I, every fight on that card just was high energy, and we're just jumping up. It's like I like watching fights at home for that purpose, so I can like be that person in my own home. I don't want to be that person out the bar. Um, and although there is a charm to like being excited about a fight, and the guy next to you who you don't know is excited with you, and like you fist bump, and like you're all like you know excited, but. More often than not, I'd rather just, like, if my neighbors come over and we watch the fight and we get excited, like, that's, that means more to me. Yeah, because you have a connection. It's a nice connection with them. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, every once in a while, my wife comes downstairs, she'll watch fights with me. And, <laughs> um, you know, she gets excited, too. Like, she's like, oh, shit. Like, and, and I, I love that she recognizes jujitsu, so it, that makes my heart happy. Um. You know, it's a fam- family event here sometimes. My daughter will watch fights on replay up in the living room, and she gets excited. And then, you know, she's sick, so she's only excited for so long. She gets bored, and she says, all right, I'm going to go play PJ Mask." I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'm still watching these fights. Um, yeah, I'll stay up all night. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, and that's the thing, too, for me sometimes. With my wife, she works nights. She, when she's gone, um, I'll turn on fights and just go to bed to watching fights. I'll just I'll, I'll pick a fighter and just watch, um, you know, their catalog, and because it's on uh, autoplay and fight pass, and I'll wake up in the morning, fights are still going. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't think I missed much. So, but I love the shit, man. I love it. I could tell. No, absolutely. That's why I like talking to you. It's nice to be able to vibe with someone, you know, talk to them, and be able to feed off someone continuously. Like, there's no pause. It's just constant feedback. Yeah, same here. It's like, I mean, when you present the ideal of doing this episode, like, dude, let's go. Because 
otherwise, I mean, I, I wasn't going to, I don't even think I was going to send off anyone about um, the upcoming events, uh, 285, um, let alone like kind of doing like a John Jones sort of breakdown or anything like that. It was just going to really be like, okay, well, you know, I still got episodes stacked um, that I got to edit and put out. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, I mean, I'll just put those out. You know, so having this there in the fray, you know, I enjoy because first off, I get to have a good conversation. You're returning guests. So, I mean, again, there is that that magic to like, oh, he's back, you know, and people want to hear, you know, hear you again. So, you know, that, that's a big thing to me is like when people have said to me, like, you know, go get this this uh, UFC fighter on and you can get this Bellator fighter on and, you know, get all these big names. It's like, that's cool and all, but. Like, I, I don't want to do that. I want to talk to people that are like people to me. And that's not to say fighters aren't like people, but, you know, it's like I want to talk to like, you know, like yourself. I want to talk to, you know, my teammates. You know, I want to have people that I feel like, oh, we can connect on a human level. And there's no egos. There's no like, oh, you know, you got to treat it this way or you got to talk to me this way because, you know, you know, I'm, I'm you know, in the UFC or I'm in Bellator. You know, it, it's, I just like talking to regular people and like having regular conversation where, you know, I don't have to feel like, oh, this is an interview and I have to, you know, put on a show to impress the listeners. Um, I just had a guest on recently and she and I were talking about her martial arts history. And then we ended up like all over the place. I, I can't even remember but it was just so far off of martial arts at one point. There was like, and this is the kind of shit that I like, though, is that you get to talk about things with passion and then also get to just be a human. And I feel like I don't get that if I'm talking to, um, you know, a, a UFC fighter. And it's not, that, I mean, again, I'm not trying to bash the fighters. I, I just feel like, you know, there's a different level of, of you know like fill in there like in, in, even for my own side because i feel like oh this is you know so and so from the ufc like i feel like oh i have to behave this way with them whereas if i'm talking to like and you're a black belt so that's the thing too is like you know initially my first one was like oh my god he's a black belt i have to ask these questions i have to talk this way and it's like oh wait a minute he's a human like me and we get to fucking vibe and, and, and just have a good conversation so i appreciate the hell out of you man thank you oh no thank you no thank you for real this just goes to show that everybody's vulnerable we're all human we all go to the same we all you know like-minded people like getting together talking about their interests talking about things that they're passionate about and sharing their knowledge i mean there's nothing wrong with that all right just because i'm a black belt doesn't mean that you have an experience more in life than i have you know, you're a black belt in life. I'm just getting a brown. You know what I mean? Like, so that that's there, there's two sides of the spectrum. Um, that's something that I brought up to someone before. Um, well, because it was uh, a white belt that I was training with. And, the, you know, they made a comment. And, you know, it, it was kind of one of those comments where it's like, it was to kind of prop me up, but knock himself down. And I explained mm -hmm. to him, I was like, look, dude. Like, you have a life, too. And just because I'm a higher ranking, you're not much higher. 
you know, fucking blue belt. You know, it's not like, you know, I'm a blue belt with all this fucking <laughs> wisdom to jujitsu. Like, I look at blue belt as, yes, that is an achievement, but we're still learning. You know, we're still learning jujitsu. So, you know, but I explained to this, this uh, young man, I was like, look, dude, your life experiences, I mean, I've not seen what you've seen. I've not been through what you've been through. So the the fact is, I can learn a whole fucking lot from you. You know, there's a lot to your outside, like off the mat's life that can really apply to your life on the mats. And, you know, and that, that goes not just for like, you know, white belt to blue belt, but I mean, you know, white belt to that, that white belt can talk to a purple belt and probably you know, talk about an experience that they had that can really connect and relate to the mats. I mean, you know, you just never know. I agree. A hundred percent. So as we, you know, veered away from uh, John Jones and, and, you know, just into general conversation, because that's how these podcasts go. And that's what I love about it. Uh, I want to steer back real quick before I'm wrapping up. Um, So, as we, you know, kind of gave our thoughts and our opinions on uh, the fight for both fighters, um, like, do you have a solid, I don't even say prediction, but how would you like to see this fight go? Oh, man, I was yeah. ready. I was ready for this. I see this going round number three. I see John Jones either doing a ground and pound or getting her neck. Hands down. Round three. Mm-hmm. Mid-round three. I think John okay. Jones peels him out for the first two rounds, strikes with him, strikes with him, takes the striking away. Fake slow goes up high, has has serial hands staying up high, goes for his double leg, because we do not see John Jones do a lot of takedowns off the cage with body locks. Double mm-hmm. legs, yes, yeah. not body locks. But I see John Jones doing either a double leg or a single leg off the cage or in the middle and finishing finishing him with a rear naked choke or a grounded pound. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, I'm gonna go fourth round. I'm going fourth round, and similar. I got fourth round. He's gonna wear him down and get him to the ground, ground and pound. Just he, he's gonna wear him out. I don't think Cyril's uh, cardio is gonna do him any favors, and I think John's gonna pressure him and just that fourth round, about mid fourth round, it's gonna be it. So. Um, there you have it, people. Those are our predictions. Now, before um, we do leave, I, I would like to ask, would you like to do a gentleman's bet? Uh, yeah, let's go. All right, so gentleman's bet. If you win, I will shotgun, and I will record it, tag you, and say, hey, I lost this with the bet. And if I win, you will shotgun a beer as well. Of our choosing, no. not something okay. that we like. So, All right, I got you. <laughs> is, is that fair? Is that a fair gentleman's bet? I don't know. If, is that fair. the first ever to be done with you? Because I, I would definitely like to do that. Nope, it'll be the first one, and I am all in for it. Uh, so with me having the Beer Review Podcast, I'm almost wanting to lose my bet now. Just so I can, <laughs> just so I can record it and put it on there. And like, look, man, I lost this bet. and I got a shotgun this beer now. But I'm in for it. So... If John does it in the third, uh, I'm shotgun the beer. If he does it in the fourth, you're shotgun the beer. Absolutely, that sounds great to me. 
All right, perfect. And and it is here on audio. People hear it and you know, hold us to it. Um before we get out of here, Brian, any shout outs, mentions you want to drop in here for us? Uh yes, uh so I want to shout out my uh, team Carnicella uh MMA, Carnicella Jiu Jitsu. Um, I have a few fighters fighting. Uh, March 4th, I do have Eric Gonzalez and uh, Justin uh, fighting uh, in New York for a Flex Fight Series. And then Justin is making his debut. Eric is a very high prospect at 126 pounds, so good luck to them. I also have our champion for Flex Fight Series middleweight, 185-pound champion, Nart Goke. He is fighting for the CFFC middleweight title. On April first, so shout out to that, and uh, yeah, just shout out to my team. Shout out to you know my wife as well for always holding it down for me. She's great, awesome, and uh, also big shout out to you, man. Thank you so much for having me back, me, uh, back on the podcast. Absolutely, thank you, thank you. I'll be sure to get your information and in notes, and I appreciate you coming here, making the time, and and just getting back on the podcast with me. Like I said, anyone that makes time to do this with me, I appreciate everything that you all do. So thank you. And as always to the listeners, thank you. I appreciate the hell out of all of y'all. Um, I mean, y'all listen to my show and, and that's weird to me sometimes. So it's like, wow, people want to hear us. All right, cool. Um, so as always, if y'all have any questions, concerns, criticisms, uh, hell, topic suggestions, or you want to be a guest, reach out to me. Let me know. You can always find me at bjj, bjj.wiki on Instagram. You can also find me at Off The Mats Podcast on Instagram. I mean, if you're feeling a little froggy, you can also go check out So You Like Horror on Instagram as well. All of those are separated by underscores. And if you want to get in there on that horror podcast, I got a couple previous guests from here that, like, we've already recorded some episodes, and I got some upcoming episodes, so me we we do it all entertainment for the masses um i'm gonna give a big shout out to nerd rage radio um i've been shouting them out a lot because nerd rage we're coming up on 400 over there so um you gotta gotta keep those mentions going so uh bobby chris joe marilyn phil raul ricky tiki uh chucky o uh all you fellas Love you to death. Um, so I got my start with podcasting, and you know, I, I owe a lot to him. Um, also, shout out to the other podcast of mine. So, you like horror? Go check it out if you like horror movies. If you like just scary stuff, period. We talk about a lot of um, horror films, horror franchises. We're doing horror by the decades right now, uh, for, for this calendar year. So, you know, we like to have fun with it. And, as I say to everyone, when I open up those episodes, you're not going there to, you know, for educational, you know, study on horror. You're going there to hear people talk about scary shit. And we're just kind of guiding you in a direction on what to listen to or, or, or what to watch. So I'll go check that out. Um, but otherwise, yeah, thank you, everyone, for all the support. Um, thank you to all the guests. Thank you, Brian, for, you know, coming back on and, and doing this episode with me. Um, I appreciate everyone. You all keep listening, and I'm going to keep making these shows. Thank you, everyone, and goodbye.
what was it? Now let me see his song. 